So far, we've just talked about things change so fast, don't they? I, I get frustrated sometimes with the apps. Matter of fact, I went to a restaurant yesterday, like a cafe, and you had to order on that QR code. I hate ordering on the QR code. I was in an airport this week, and all I wanted was a Diet Coke, and I got the Diet Coke, and I took it to the counter, and they said, you need to scan the app, and you need to put in all your credit card details. And I said, I'm standing here with my credit card. I didn't have any cash on me. Can I please just pay you? I don't want to fill in all the credit. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? We've made this so much on the consumer, on the customer. It drives me crazy. And people think this is wonderful, modern advancement of technology. And I know all they want is an email list. I know all they want. And so I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. And I finally end up not buying the Diet Coke and objection. Amen. So we talked about TikTok lies. We talked about the first lie that TikTok will tell. And by the way, some of you, actually Mark Edwards, our guest speaker last week, had never heard of TikTok. He thought it was TikTok. He was serious when he said that. And, and I just laughed. I said, what century are you living in, Mark? We brought him into the 21st century. You know, I'm, I'm told there's 150 million users on TikTok in the United States. 150 million. Million. That's almost half the country. And then, let alone how many people now live in the United States. I don't even know what that number is anymore. But the first lie TikTok will tell you, and I'm telling you, it's out there. And this is a major voice to today's culture. A major voice today. People are getting their news from TikTok. Dear God, help us if that's our source. It's information that still needs to be thought about, still needs to be checked out. And so first lie is the Bible can't be trusted. And the scripture for there is 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. I love that because the Bible does sometimes rebuke us. Sometimes it does correct us. Amen. And it's useful for teaching and training and instructing. And it says, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I want to tell you, you can trust your Bible. This morning I was watching some person talking about AI, that within a few years, AI might write the perfect Bible. That actually it will rewrite the Bible and to really suit a perfect religion. Could you imagine the arrogance to think you could rewrite the Word of God? The Bible says no one should add to this word and no one should take away from this word. Second thing is, second lie of TikTok is on the lie about the theology of marriage and sexuality. And I've said it many times, marriage as far as God's plan and God's design is between a man and a woman. The sexual revolution teaches your sexual desires are your core identity. But I love what the Apostle Paul says, and listen to what he says. He goes, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived, neither the sexual, I love this, neither, the, I don't love what it's saying, but I love the clarity of it, that neither the sexual immoral, sexually immoral, or idolaters, or adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, 
I love this. That, okay, nor the drunkards or slanders or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And listen what Paul says. And that's who some of you were. So here's the lie that you are, your core identity is wrapped up in your desires. But Paul says, some of you were that, but you're not that anymore. You've got a new identity in Christ. Amen. And only Jesus can give us our real identity. Well, today I want to get into algorithms. I want to talk about this whole idea of what is not just TikTok, but let me tell you, Meta. I want to talk Instagram, Twitter, and all the plethora of social media platforms and deliverables that are out there. And I want to start with Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, you are the product of your thought life. Regardless of what God's Word says as to what He would have you to be, your life, my life, will only be reflected by what we think about. So if we're thinking about the Word of God, we're thinking about pleasing God, we're thinking about serving God, we're thinking about those things, then you will be that. But if you're, all you think about is, you know, don't sin, don't sin, the only thing you're thinking about is sinning. As you think, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I want to tell you, that's what algorithms do as well. So let's talk about it. Commercial enterprises build algorithms to suit their end in mind, which is money. Amen. Bailey Richardson was an early team member of Instagram and says, algorithm has a mind of its own. Even though a person writes it, listen, it's written in the way where you build the machine but then the machine builds itself. Algorithms are increasingly, uh, what's the word? I'm trying to figure it the right way. So are increasing the, the polarization of politics. For instance, flat earth, man never landed on the moon, the anti-vax, COVID, the environment, 5G, China and Russia use it to control their people. Listen to this. There is exponential heresy so we don't even know what's true anymore. Studies have done that fake news on Twitter spreads six times faster than true news. It can change the way people think. Now remember, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And there are some positive things about social media algorithms. Let me tell you what they are. They've reunited family members who've lost touch with each other. They're actually finding suitable organ donors. The world, world news, there's been uprisings and protests around the world as people discover there's a whole bigger world out there. But the bad news is, it's created some real bad things. The isolation has increased. Since 2009, the number of hospital admissions for non-fatal self-harm went up 62% for girls aged between 15 and 19, and 189% for girls aged 10 to 14. That's nearly triple. Did you hear that? Elections can and have been hacked. Big term, big firm Big tech firms, rather, have exploited the monetization of it with its advertising. They know everything about you, and they have data that's making predictions about how we will and how we will react. There is, there is this desire within this social media platform to keep us engaged and keep us interacting longer. 
They're wanting us to get others to grow their platform by getting others to join. And they use advertising, listen to this, advertising buying their product. The addiction factor of dopamine hits in and it's triggered a highly addictive chemical in your brain and it gives you a high. There's a, you want to go back, you want to go back, you want more because of the dopamine. It is literally a drug that keeps you addicted to it. A man called Radima Fernando at the center of humane technology says, processing power, praise the Lord, says um, processing power has increased, listen to this, a trillion times from 1960 to today. Processing power has increased a trillion times. I'm thinking about that. Nothing in the history of the world has changed that fast. The only thing that comes close is the car. And nothing, and that's a distant second in terms of the increase in, in the, uh, of technology. Living in this century is an amazing reality, but you're aware that all social media applications are designed to attract, to attract rather, and adapt to your activity. Why? To customize your experience so it produces a controlled, listen to this, one-sided view of the information that you are searching for. It is not neutral. Most people are being bombarded with ideas, statistics, and information, and they have no idea as to its source or its validity. And we say things like, did you see this online? Did you see that? So just consider some of the, some of the researchers have found that in 2022, 95% of all teens, listen to this, 95% of all teens in the Western world have smartphones. That is up 70% from just 10 years ago. 54% of all U.S. teens says it will be hard to give up social media. 64% of the entire population of the world is now online. And their statistics from this year, that's amazing. If you live in a city, in a city, um, or like being online raises to 78%. And 54% of the world's population are active social media Users, I'm telling you, this is changing the world, what's happening right now in our day, in our generation. Listen, on average, I, I find this shocking. On average, we spend 6.37 hours a day online. That's shocking to me. Remember, all social media applications are designed to attract and to adapt to your activity, to custom tailor your experience that produces a controlled, one-sided view of information. I'm a, somebody actually did a thing on AI, and they said, can you please tell me about, the, about President Joe Biden? And AI's answer then, because these things do tend to change. And by the way, it also tends to be where you live as to what the answer will be. If you live in an area that's known to be more a Republican area and they're able to track where you are, it will give you more of a Republican answer. But if you live in a more Democratic area, then it will tend to give you more of a Democratic answer. But somebody said, please tell me about the strengths and weaknesses or the weaknesses of President Joe Biden. And it said, we are not here and the purpose of AI is not to make those judgments as to the weakness of any president. That same person, just 20 minutes later, said, please tell me the weaknesses of President Donald Trump. And AI was more than willing to provide all the information it wants. All I'm saying is, 
there's a one-sided view of what's happening there. Whether you like Biden or Trump is not the issue. You can't always trust these sources of material. And if we're spending six hours a day getting our information, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you repeatedly hear, you will eventually believe. Come on, somebody. And I wonder how much time are we in the Word? How much time are we in prayer? What are we doing to make sure we're counterbalancing this and making sure we're getting our lives directed from the wisdom of God? So put in a nutshell, every search you do is subtly and potentially changing your disposition concerning the interpretation of theological biblical truths. I want you to hear that. Many Christians are being unknowingly discipled by social media, independent of the community of faith that they belong to. We see more and more people attempting to create a platform for themselves and call themselves influencers on social media, creating more misleading or at least poor Bible teaching leading to its confusion. Amen? Influencers. I think about that. And I look at some people that I personally know have blown up as called themselves influencers. And I'm thinking, what have you done? What have you built? All you have is a clever platform of speaking to the masses of people. But tell me, if you're going to give me life lessons and you're going to tell, you're going to be my coach, I want to know, what have you accomplished in your life that you're worth following? I don't care how many followers you got. What have you built? Let me give a warning to people who want to go down this road of teaching the Word of God. This one the Bible says, not many of you, listen to this, should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know, listen to this, that we who teach the Word will be judged more strictly. There's a good warning for us. And as Christians, the Apostle Paul encourages that we should take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we should make sure that the filter or algorithm at work in our mind is God's Word. Why would we not consider the information coming to us through our technology maybe well outside the wisdom and the counsel of His Word? And if in our own natural thinking, it needs to be assessed and it needs to be challenged. Come on, somebody say amen. We forget that we have an enemy and he wants to keep us out of contact with what God has spoken. Paul emphasized it this way. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to approve and test God's will. He's good and he's perfect will. So the question we have to ask ourselves in this series that is confronting us is our use of social media and the tool that helps control or limits our spiritual growth. Amen? Computers, listen to this, are still 50% of, of, of computers are accessible around the world. There's still a lot of computer use out there as well. Social media advertising accounts for one out of every $3 spent. In, in digital and marketing and advertising. One out of every $3 spent on advertising is put into the social media platforms. Don't tell me this stuff isn't having an increasing influence on our minds. Come on, somebody say amen. So I just want to challenge you today. Where are we getting an information source? What are we checking this out for? Are we going to the Word of God? And I want to just say that when we preach and teach the Word of God, let's make sure we're not just going what some little soundbite in Jesus' name. 
Amen? So let me give you another lie of TikTok. This one is a big lie because a lot of the stuff today, everybody's just looking for happiness. One of the major reasons for divorce in the United States is because people aren't happy. They don't make me happy. I'm just not happy in this marriage. I'm walking out of this relationship because I'm not happy. So let me talk to you about what I think about this one the Bible says. It says uh, in Mark chapter 10, but he shall receive a hundredfold. This is the man who follows after Christ. Now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mother, children, and lands, watch this, with persecutions. Now I know we like the first part of the verse. He shall receive now in this life, not just in the life to come, But now in this life, if you become a disciple of Christ and a follower of Christ, you will receive now in this life houses, land, fathers, mothers, children. And I love what it says, not land, but lands. In other words, there is a blessing here on earth and God wants to bless you. Amen? But listen to it. With persecutions. We don't like that part. Let's just take that out of the Bible. That wouldn't make it into TikTok, would it? And it goes, and in the world to come, eternal life. All these blessings will come upon you, the Bible says, with persecutions. If we don't have room for that in our theology, we could really find ourselves in a lot of trouble. That's why I figure I'm so, jo- I'm so jealous for Josh to get all these blessings, to get lands and children and, and houses Praise the Lord. So I know all that's coming, but the Bible says not without persecution. So I figure my job is to bring the persecution. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 4, listen to what the Apostle Paul said. Tell me how this, suits, how this sits in the theology of happiness of TikTok and social media. The Apostle Paul said, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Here's Paul, struck down, but not abandoned. Come on, perplexed but not forsaken. Can I encourage you today? We gotta understand this life sometimes is going to be hard. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in in tribulations, in need and distress, in stripes and imprisonments, in tumults, in labor, in sleeplessness, in fastingness, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report, and good report as deceivers and yet true as unknown and yet also well known dying but we also live chastened but we are not killed sorrowful but we're always rejoicing I love this as poor yet making many rich having nothing yet possessing everything that my friend is the Bible 
Listen to Paul one more time. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn of flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded, Lord, take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Come on, somebody give God some praise. I just want to read some scripture to you. I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and increasing, unceasing anguish in my heart. Here's the Apostle Paul. My heart has deep sorrow, great sorrow, unceasing anguish. Listen to what he said. He goes, are they servants of Christ? Am I out of my mind to talk like this? I am more. Listen to what he says. I have worked harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. That would be wonderful for me. Praise the Lord. Except it wasn't too good for him. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers and danger from bandits and danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger of false believers. I have labored and toiled and have gone often without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and I've been naked besides everything else. I feel the daily pressure of my concerns for all the churches. And we get ticked off when DoorDash is late. We get annoyed with our app. We can't order Grubhub. And here's the Apostle Paul going, I've known what it is to go on without food, without sleep, without water, in danger in the city, in danger in the country. And let me tell you, life is hard. And sometimes work is hard. And sometimes raising a family's hard. I mean, sometimes we get annoyed when it takes months to get someone to do a repair on the house. But put it in context. Amen. So Paul said, one stone, three times shipwrecked, a night and a day at sea, I've been in the deep, in journeys off and always traveling, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of countrymen, in the cities, Damascus, Jerusalem, I studied this. Jerusalem, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, Thessalonica, Berea, Corinth, Philippi, and Ephesus. He was in trouble in all of those cities. In the wilderness, in perils of false, false brethren, sleepless often, fasten, fasting often, in cold and in nakedness. Besides all things, I've got the deep concern for the church. And like I said, we don't do pain and we don't do suffering well. We just want to be happy. And if you think that your end goal in life is happiness, you will miss God's will for your life. Sometimes life's going to be hard. Sometimes you've got to push through the pain barrier. Sometimes you've got to work on that job. Sometimes you've got to work on your health. There's not been a day and a year and a half where I have not felt pain in my body. For the last year and a half, I've decided I'm going to get fit. 
And I went, I go to a gym four days a week. I went yesterday. Josh was running his 15-mile run, and I was on the way to the gym. I was laughing, thinking he's got 15 miles, and all I'm doing is going to the gym. Praise the Lord. And I got to tell you, I'm standing here, and my legs are sore, to tell you the truth, because I want to tell you, you got to have room in your life to sometimes, there's, you're going to have to press through the hard yards. You've got to do the hard work. And we just want a pill. We just want a doctor to give us a pill and make everything better. But sometimes you just got to be willing to suck it up, press through the pain, and just keep on going. (laughs) Happiness is an emotion that allows one to experience various, various feelings, such as pleasure, contentment, bliss, and satisfaction. Happiness, however, is temporary. Happiness is about the pleasure of oneself. Joy, on the other hand, is a selfless feeling of extreme happiness and pleasure. You can have joy when you care for others and you are thankful. You have joy when you are grateful. You can have joy in a spiritual experience. While joy often requires great self-sacrifice, you feel the lasting inward contentment of peace. But we just want the quick fix. We live in a world where we never have enough money, we're never satisfied, we always want to be recognized, we always want more. We define ourselves by what kind of house we live in, what kind of car we drive, and I want to tell you, the pursuit of happiness can make you miserable. Come on, somebody say amen. It is empty and it is elusive. It is self-centered and you don't think about others. You live in a world of comparisons And you are event-driven rather than the process and the journey. And uh, happiness in your pursuit of it, if it's your major goal, will leave you feeling depressed. Because it will never be enough. It will never be satisfied. Amen? One of the keys to being happy, ironically, is stop trying to be happy. Okay, I know this isn't great preaching. I know some of you are ready to walk out on me right now. Listen to what Nehemiah says. Nehemiah says this. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen to what Jesus said. If anyone loves their father or mother more than me, listen to this, they are not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or their daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will find it. You see, can I tell you, we live in an upside down world. Jesus said, hey, if you love someone or something more than me, you're not worthy of me. Whoever wants to follow me must deny themselves, pick up their cross. There is a cross. Amen. And sometimes there's a cross to saying no to the world. There's a price to be paid when we actually don't agree what the world is trying to give us. And we've got to have the right filters on our lives. Amen. See, theology of happiness, the world says you do you. The world says you deny yourself. I just got to be true to me. That's the theology of happiness from TikTok. You just do you. You just whatever makes you happy. Get this, you'll be happy. Buy this, you'll be happy. Go after this, you'll be happy. But the word says, deny yourself. Come on. All right, I can tell you're not shouting me down. Praise the Lord. 
So let me just let me just close this message out about this idea of happiness to say, how does God start his day? Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How many glad it wasn't Taylor Swift in the beginning? Amen. Okay. God created the heavens and the earth. And look what the Bible says in verse, verse 5. The first day there was evening and morning. Well, in our world, we start our day with a morning and we finish it with an evening. But how God started the very first day, listen to it, there was evening and then there was morning. I wonder if that's just a coincidence. I wonder whether it changed on the second day. Well, God called the expanse sky in verse 8, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. I think it's very deliberate here. There was the second day, first day, evening, morning, second day, third day, evening, morning, fourth day, evening, morning, fifth day, evening, morning, sixth day, evening, morning, seventh day, evening, and morning. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that God starts with the evening and he finishes with the morning. I wonder whether there's some wisdom in what God was trying to say there. Matter of fact, look what the Bible says here. I love this scripture. It's my favorite scripture when I think about this. In Ecclesiastes 7, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. That's God's plan for each of our life. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to the end. But I wonder if we can get some insight from the Word of God today. God, God starts the day with dark and finishes it with sunshine. Okay, some of you are beginning to catch this. Look at Job. Job was a man of suffering, a man who lost everything. He lost his children, lost his livestock, lost the farm, lost everything. The only thing left was his wife. And he's got sores and boils and he's about as sick as you can imagine. He is putrid. He smells. His breath stinks. The sores stink. The smell was just nothing short of just, just terrible. And she looks at him and she's, why don't you just curse God and die? And people say, I relate to Job and his sufferings. Well, if you're going to relate to Job, you better relate to the whole person. Because let me tell you, I imagine if I was Job, I'd go, God, of all the things left, why did you leave her? <laughs> like, I mean, you've taken, I mean, everything's gone. The only thing I've got left is negative Nancy. Thank God that is not my wife. Praise the Lord. Job 42. If you're going to relate to Job, evening and morning. You ready for this? Okay. Darkness, sunshine. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. Can I just say to you, listen to this, God always leaves the best for last. It's not that God doesn't want you to know joy. 
It's not that God does not want you to have pleasure, but you've got to have room in your life that there's going to be blessing and there's going to be challenges. Though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, O Lord, are with me. And you don't just come to church when you're happy. Matter of fact, one of the best times to go to church is when you're not happy, when life is hard, because you've got to learn to trust God. He's the God of the mountaintop, and he's the God of the valley. And if we're just pursuing happiness, it'll leave you empty, and it'll only get darker. John 2, and it says here about Jesus turning the water into wine, and the master of the banquet says, everybody brings out the choice wine, the Penfolds Grands, the 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 Opus One, the the silver oak. I don't know what these are. I had to do some research and I read them online. And then when the guests have had a little bit more to drink and they've had too much to drink, then you bring out the cheap wine, the Josh, (laughs) Yellowtail. There is a wine called Josh, by the way. Praise the Lord. I don't know. I just read about it. Listen to this. Jesus says the best for last. There was evening, darkness, and there was morning. Can I tell you, in God's scale, in God's, not in TikTok. TikTok wants you to be happy now. It is temporary. It is fleeting. It, it looks good, and it looks beautiful. You put it in your mouth, and you think it tastes sweet, but when you swallow it, It's poison. It is not the whole story. And God starts with an evening and he finishes with the morning. He says the best wine for last. Can I tell you this is true about the word of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament? The Bible says we've got a better hope and a better covenant and better promises. And as good as the Old Testament was, the New Testament is 10 times better. As good as the Old that you were born and created by God, but that old man was corrupted with deceitful desires. But now that you're born again, you're heaven bound. Can I tell you, it is true about the Word of God and it's true about your life. The God has the best for last. Your days in front of you are brighter than the days behind you. Now the devil's plan is a little different. Listen to the devil's plan. John 8. This is Jesus speaking. You belong to your father, the devil. You carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Did you hear it? Not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him, TikTok. When he lies, he speaks his native language because he is a liar and the father of lies. Amen. He was a murderer from the beginning. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, murder. The Bible says that actually when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it says, and it says, and and it comes back and finds that that person hasn't been filled with God. That evil spirit then goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked, listen, more wicked than itself. And they go and live there. And listen to this. This is the enemy's plan. The final condition of that person is worse than the first. So what's God's plan for your life? The end of a matter is better than the beginning. He says the best wine for last. What's the enemy's plan for your life? He is a liar. He's the father of lies. And the end of your life will be worse than the beginning. Think about the backslide. Listen to what the Bible says here. In 2 Peter, 
if they've escaped from the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and again are entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. Can I tell you, God's plan for your life, he starts with an evening and he finishes with a morning. The enemy's plan for your life is, no matter how bad life is, my plan is it's going to get harder and worse. The question is, who wants God's plan? Amen? Well, we got to make sure we're very careful about what's coming into our eye gate. we got to be very careful about the stuff we read and the stuff we listen to. And I'm telling you, this is one of the major challenges in the world today. Proverbs 26, verse 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats their foolishness. I just maybe want to close with this thought. Mom and dad, could you be really intentional about the digital footprint your kids have? Could you put some really strong boundaries about teaching them about limited access to what they have and to teach them to be objective in that? I, I saw this week <coughs> something of a, I, I'm pretty sure it was a young elementary class, even in the school library, Graphic pictures of teaching children how to have homosexual sex, oral sex, in a school book and saying we're trying to teach and change children about what normal sexuality is. Now, I about you, I'll go to war over that. I'll go to war over that. That is child abuse. Come on, somebody. I'll, I'll, I'll get, I, won't, I won't get a war about a lot of unnecessary things. And let me tell you, if some young child in an elementary school, and it was even not even the fact that it was a homosexual act, if it was just a heterosexual act, it'd be just as wrong. This is not anti. This is about being pro the word of God, pro wisdom, pro letting God's word be my true north. I want to tell you, church, more and more. And, and like I said, it's tr increased a trillion times. I remember my generation. People used to say when I was just a young, you know, eight-year-old, well, TV has become the babysitter of children. And they're, oh, it's going to damage children. Well, I'm not that damaged. And I remember growing up hearing that, thinking, well, I don't know that I was all that affected. But let me tell you, Technology increased a trillion times since the 60s. A trillion times. This is exponential. This is, I used to think, oh, I've heard this before. When we talk about social media, and I thought when I was eight years old, people said the television's the babysitter. Let me tell you, something that's increased in that much with algorithms and artificial intelligence, we just might want to be a little bit smarter. I actually think this. I think God wants us to be aware of not just what the enemy's doing, but we're the first to know. Amen? And we're not just reacting, we're ahead of the enemy. And we're cutting it off. And what I'm wanting to do through TikTok theology is to help us as a church understand I am not anti-technology. You hearing me? I am, I am for it. But I am also going to make sure it doesn't give me my filter. I'm also going to make sure that I've got a renewed mind. I'm going to be really intentional to make sure I'm in the Word of God. 
Amen. I'm listening to the Bible every morning. Every single morning. I want my waking thought to be the Word of God. Remember, listen to this. How you start matters. Amen. I want to encourage us. Let's be people of the Word. Let's be people of prayer. Let's be people who are constantly renewing your mind. Remember, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Algorithm, algorithms want to keep reinforcing your thoughts. Well, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My thoughts are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. It's not that we can't know the thoughts of God. It's not that we can't know the ways of God. But if we're going to know his thoughts, we've got to elevate our thinking in Jesus' name. Somebody should give the Lord a hand. I've gone way too long.